This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. clear when you're a guest in my home you gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts your presence is present enough and I already had too much stuff so how do you dare disobey Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're feeling nice. A uh, big week for me personally. A couple days ago, I drove 17 miles to eat a gyro in my car, and that was so far the big event of the week. But uh, more than that, we it's all about today. Today we have a wonderful guest on the show, just a, a dear man. I'll call him a wonderful person, a terrific guest, and I'm so thrilled, beyond belief, Joel Kim Booster. Joel, Hello. welcome to I Said No Gifts. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that we can finally make this happen. Just, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Well, there is a global pandemic happening. <laughs> there certainly is. Um, and, in, and what's going on, I, what's going on is actually... Um, a nice sidestep of how are you? Because how are you is the worst question you could ask or be asked these days. Mm-hmm. But what's going on? What's going on? Well, um, I cleaned this room, which it, is great. It looks very. I tidy. really, um, I really enjoyed um, yesterday's weather, which was cloudy all day. Right. Um, I tried not to think about why it was cloudy all day because <laughs> in LA it's usually something unnatural that's made it that way. Mm-hmm. And. And um, yeah, and uh, what I, I I went and walked and I got a salad, and uh, I'm drinking this Red Bull because I find that I'm on Vyvanse, which is a prescription similar to Adderall. Okay. Um, and uh, it's it's limit it's it's extended release, but if you drink caffeine, you get it all released in one go. And oh. I said for for Bridger, not only am I going to be focused, but I'm going to be a little methed out um, <laughs> for the podcast because I'm going to drink this Red Bull. And so that's sort of what's going on with me um, today in this moment. Are you a? Do you consume a decent amount of caffeine? I do. I do. I unfortunately in quarantine, I've sort of gotten addicted to it in a way that like. I used to be able to forget about caffeine in a big way. I used to be able to go, it used to be a a treat, you know, (laughs) like sort of something, actually something I would only do rare, uh, before podcasts or if I had to wake up early. But now our life, my life is so much about routine 
that I've it's it's been added to the routine and it's never going away. And now I think I'm drinking too much of it. And is um, it mostly through Red Bull or is it coffee or what's going on? I'll I'll walk to get. I can't. I am. This is the other thing that's laid bare. Uh, been laid bare in this pandemic is that I am not. Uh, an especially domestic person right i can't i tried to make my own cold brew oh i do Um, that it's a simple it's a simple process what method did you use um i just uh got some grounds left it out you know uh and then across the counter and then tried to filter it into a different container but the the thing is is i used the ground i used regular coffee grounds you've got to have a coarse Um, ground I, you got to have a course ground and it was and it said that in the instructions and yet I said to myself what is that <laughs> and so I just used what regular coffee grounds I can't make a I don't like hot coffee no um it's just a mess um I haven't gone grocery shopping in months <laughs> um I'm ordering exclusively takeout and and meal delivery services and so Red Bull is not something that I especially enjoy but it's just an easy way right to get the caffeine that I want. And I use a lot of pre-workout because I am working out Are you during working the out quarantine as well. I'm working out at home. I'm working out at outdoor gyms. I uh, I drive to Simi Valley oh, sometimes. To work to out? Go to, to go to an outdoor gym there. Oh, um, doing anything outdoors in Simi Valley seems I, rough. It is rough and I don't do it often because, um, I mean, A, it's Simi Valley and B, I mean, I don't know for your listeners, uh, this is a, this is an especially regional reference, Simi Valley, but <laughs> don't bother looking it up. There's nothing there. It is home to where most of our police force uh, in LA lives. Oh, is in that Simi true? Valley. Yeah. Well, and I, was, I will say... I'm- when you mentioned this, I was picturing just uh, essentially a uh, prison workyard for the yeah, workout routine. And that is ex- that is very much the vibe. Oh, no. It's very much the vibe. I'm the only person who's wearing a mask. Um, oh, and yeah, so that's what that's another reason I don't go quite so often because I have to really I have to go if I want to go when it's safe. I have to go at a roughly 530 in the morning <laughs> and th- and it's about a 40 minute drive. And how long so, are you working out for? About an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. And then you drive home after. And then you drive home after. But I've really gotten used to the NPR hosts on the, on, Do in you have that any slots. You know what? I really like, um, Corva Coleman. Oh, sure. And sure. I really like, there's a lot of names that I really like in the Marketplace Morning Report. I love David Brancaccio, Sabri Benashur. Ooh, um, Sabri. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible lineup of of names that they have on NPR these days. But yeah, I also built I built um a squat rack out of two by fours and use that sometimes in my backyard as well. What? How did you build yeah. it? Did you find a tutorial online? A YouTube, what? a YouTube. It's it was all the rage early in quarantine was to build a squat rack in your backyard, and I I followed suit. And my dad would have been very proud that I went to Home Depot and I didn't cry <laughs> and I really made it out. Although they did let me buy two drills and I knew that they do, they did it deliberately because <laughs> oh what God, I did was bought them by mistake. I bought them by mistake. I bought one drill and then I bought what I thought was a drill starter pack, okay. which is sort of how it was. Um, I, I advertised to myself. I feel like a drill and, is a drill starter pack. Yeah. That's well, you know, this is what ended up happening is I just thought it was like extra bits and bobs for the drill. Right. And. My greatest fear is to go into a hardware store and embarrass myself. Oh, of course. And so I was like, you know, so proud. I checked out. I got out of there and I was like, nobody, I didn't have to ask for help. Nobody, you know, um, you know, said anything to me. Uh, you know, I didn't embarrass myself. Get home, realized I had bought a drill, 
and then this, an identical drill, but the but with a starter pack. And that's basically <laughs> what happened. And they knew and they saw me check out. They saw me check out and they said, this man is buying a drill and then an identical drill with just additional bits and bobs included with it. And th- by them letting me purchase those drills, both of those drills, that is them calling me a faggot. Um <laughs> That is a hate crime. Well, actually, I'm uh, in their defense. Maybe they just thought you were a drill enthusiast. Possibly, but does that exist? I just they they must have seen me, and they must have seen the fear in my eyes. And I think that it was either done out of cruelty or out of pity, because I think that they they knew that to say anything to me at that point would have sent me over the edge, and I would have been just crawled into now, wait, myself. Do you still have both drills? I have both drills, You're not and I actually them. have. I, I didn't return it because I had opened it. Oh, well, and that's how I realized return that there, the there was two drills. Listen, sometimes you've got one drill charging and you've, you're using the other <laughs> drill. And then at one point I had to even use my neighbors. I had to borrow a, a third drill. What have you been to doing build with these, these drills outside of building the squad? Nothing, nothing. They're sitting in my shed now. I, I don't think I'll ever use any of the drills again. Maybe to, to hang something, but right. I'm now using a lot of you know the adhesive hooks to hang everything um well you shouldn't because um every couple of weeks i'll wake up to a big a crashing sound and it Mm -hmm. will be something falling off the wall which is mostly my fault because i'm using i'm using the lighter ones for heavier paintings but that's that's another story entirely (laughs) no i i get the temptation with an adhesive hook because i i don't own a drill and i'm not handy but i so what I essentially do is I just don't hang anything, which is also not good. But maybe yeah. I need to take take a step and just buy a drill or something. This is the first home I've ever lived in where I've hung um, anything on the walls. Right. Um, and I got to say, it doesn't make me feel any different about the space that I'm living in. <laughs> it makes me feel nothing. I well, don't think, I think you're missing out on anything. I think that's what you need it to do. I think if the things were not hanging, you would feel it. I think you need... it's kind of numbing you in a way that you're just not aware of i think i have plenty of things that i haven't hung yet though and i'm fine with that how long it'll be a year in october okay but that's a decent amount of time yeah and um you know that's nothing though because i lived in an apartment in chicago i lived in a studio apartment in chicago for almost two years and when i moved out there were still boxes that hadn't been unpacked oh good for you Um, yeah i had never i never bought I, I bought a kitchen table, but no chairs. Uh, so, would you just um, stand at the table to eat? I sort of sat on a futon, that uh, uh, the same right. Walmart futon that I had bought my freshman year of college. Um, I lived on until I was 20, 24 years old, Beautiful. I want to say. Um, and so, that's just sort of, that's that's who I am. Like, when, when I say I'm not domestic, it goes beyond not being able to make cooking uh, coffee. It, it really is just literally uh, a, a sort of lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> this the pandemic has me. I've this is the most decorated any home I've ever lived in has looked because of the pandemic and because I went on a real spree of just ordering Wayfair cabinets, you know, <laughs> sort of in and I'm now complicit in the trafficking that goes on at Wayfair. Of course, you've got 10 children thing. at your apartment mm-hmm. or house and this sort of thing. Exactly. Wait, speaking of uh, like uh, shipping mysteries, have you read about these like mysterious seeds that are coming from China? What? P- I guess people are just in the mail receiving mysterious uh, like packets of seeds that they oh, didn't order. Oh, I don't order. like that at all. I don't like that <laughs> Isn't at that all. Crazy? 
That's such a that is such the beginning of a of a of a Twilight Zone oh, sort of absolutely. scenario. I don't enjoy it. What's going to happen to the seeds? What are the people doing? Throwing them out? People planting, are planting them? them. To, would, to what end? I know. To what end? If I didn't order a packet of seeds and I just suddenly had one, the last thing I would do is want it growing in my yard. Who knows what's no. going to be? I mean, maybe if I. I think if there was like a traveling salesman who gave me a mysterious seed or bean, of course, I'm putting it in the ground. Yes. We know yes, what happens yes. in that. But just to get it in the mail, what a weird, eerie thing. What to is see. an incredible new sort of wave of warfare we're living through. Oh, of course. Just, just this. Send those American seeds. They'll plant them. <laughs> They're a planting bunch. I don't like that. I hadn't heard of that. And yeah, now that's going to keep I me mean, up at night. Hopefully, I'm also, but I'm also simultaneously mad I haven't received any seeds. Of course, I feel left out. <laughs> Why am I not on this list for seeds? Yeah. I well, I've just revealed that I wouldn't plant them. But maybe if I did get them, if you're out there, if you're the seed giver and you're listening to this podcast, get in touch with my mailing address. Yeah, send me some seeds. I'd at least like to have that little fear that that. You know I'm here and that you think I might plant some seeds. A big following. Big following for this podcast. I checked. 13,000 reviews. 13, 35 million reviews. Yeah. Um, from Europe to Asia to Australia. People around the globe I are don't listening. go on other people's podcasts unless there is at least 10,000 reviews. <laughs> okay. Five <Unless> stars. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, seeds, uh, all this sort of thing. It's, uh, uh, and well, actually, this, I'm, you know, I'm not great at segues, but I'm seeing a beautiful segue here, which is okay. receiving things in the mail, which is something that a few weeks ago, I did receive a uh, package in the mail addressed. Yeah. I was, this yeah. was when I was living at my old apartment. Uh, we've moved in the last Oh, you few just weeks. moved? Yes. And, uh, you know, I had, uh, we had talked about you being on this podcast and et cetera, et cetera. And I was uh, told that I would be getting something in the mail. And I thought, I, I, who knows what this could even mean. I'm happy to get things in the mail. It's always a fun surprise. But Joel, I, I, knew, I knew you knew this podcast was called I Said No Gifts. And yeah. So I got this box in the mail and... Then I had to move, which is just hell. And, you know, there are certain valuable things when you're moving that you really want to keep track of. Oh, no. Things that you do not do not want to lose. This isn't headed in the direction that you think it is. Okay. Th there were essentially two things that I said, if I, if we lose these in the move, I'm just going to have to throw myself off the list because we've already had one situation with this recording. If I lose the box that Joel has sent, then I will have to leave comedy. Um but, yeah, you know, there's a box of, uh, like, family photos. I had to keep my eye on those. And I also kept my eye on this box because okay, great. I managed to get both of these into my house and everything is fine. But, Joel, all that aside, again, the podcast is called I Said No Gifts. I know, but I knew, actually, I knew you were moving. I knew you were moving. <laughs> okay. And I, I knew that... Um, it, you would be opening it in your new home and it's just, it's in me. My, you know, my mom is from the South, a lot of family from the South. I couldn't, I couldn't resist getting you a housewarming gift, a sort of a token, sure. something, something to protect the house, really. Uh, okay. Um, as, you know, 
as a as a as an emblem sort of a protection for your new house and sort of set the tone and because i you know i didn't realize this until you said it but you're not a decorator you're not hanging things on the wall this isn't this is something that i think you can sort of display over a mantle okay or a fireplace and i again i don't i don't see it as a gift okay i think that's that's a really the way you're framing it as a gift is um is wrong i actually think it's um it's a warning I will say I was sort of panicked about the gift I would give you, all pretense aside, that I knew I was going to get you a gift for right. the pod. And um, I was forced to go to Amazon, which I've been pretty good about divesting from. Sure. But Amazon was the only company I knew could get you this gift fast. And then the cancellation happened. <laughs> if you had known you were going to have a solid month. I could have gotten you something from an Etsy store in, you know, Taiwan. Um, something really, really, really special. But um, Amazon it was, and we didn't know. But, I, you know, I do love the way that the gifts from Amazon are wrapped. So, that's something. Another dollar in Jeff Bezos' pocket. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Well, I mean... All for a podcast. We're here. Uh, I mean, it's actually now... I mean... I don't, it is in a uh, a bag that says no wait i didn't know that that's what it came in well it, it all things uh aside i put it in this bag oh okay 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 you know when when we switch to pandemic recording you know a certain um responsibility now falls on me as a host which is frequently You've got to put. You've got to wrap these gifts on some level yeah, most of the time. Absolutely. So you know, I had. Well, I think you. I think you might be surprised to find that this gift was wrapped. Oh well, let's get. I mean, this is going to be a lot of unwrapping. So let me get into it here, and okay, we'll just still in the box. Still in the box, but in that box, I think you'll find. Yeah, let's see here. At least I paid extra for it, so. Oh. Look at this. And see, look at look at the Harry Potter sort of this is wrapping bag that it comes in. This it really is. If you've ever received a gift from Amazon, you got to admit, you got to admit as evil <laughs> as evil as the company is, they really nail the gift wrapping. I will say, well, let me Let's see, there's a card on here, so I'm going to open this okay, card. Okay, I can't remember what I said. It says, enjoy your gift from Joel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess I didn't say anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like a blue, like a, a night sky, the bag. Mm-hmm. It's got Midnight some gold blue. triangles on it, and I'm going to open it up now. A gold ribbon. Ooh. This, it's a magic bag that this is in. It's crazy. Okay. Okay, here we go. What's happening? And it's wrapped even further. Wow. Amazon stickers. Imagine the pee breaks that didn't happen to get that double wrapped like that. Your soul was placing these stickers all over the Oh my God. Meanwhile, I feel I've just sort of created a Rube, started a Rube Goldberg machine of terror just to get you this gift. Wait. Which is. And again, I want you to display this prominently in your home. I want it to pr- displayed prominently in the home, above the mantle, to watch then, over you. Then this will follow me into the workplace, and uh, yeah. I will just hatred will surround me. Uh-huh. You've sent me which it's a bobblehead of Michael Scott from The Office. Yeah. 
Because I thought I was really thinking about you and I was thinking about sort of what your vibe is and what sort of your desk scape would be at whatever uh, writing job you found yourself at next. And I thought this would be a really good addition to the desk. Um, this is and I, horrifying. Can I see it actually? Because I of didn't. Course. I didn't get a good look at Let it. Me, it's, um, it's. I mean, I, I wanted honest, to get you wrapped uh, in more things. I want. I really wanted to get you, Jim. Oh my um, not Michael. I thought um, Jim was sort of a funnier option for me than Michael. And I also wanted to get you a, a pop head. But this is this is delightful. This is, is. this is actually delightful. This um, is, uh, you know, you, you either get this on Amazon or you head to the NBC store. At yeah. <laughs> Those are the two places on earth where you can get this item. Possibly a Spencer's. Yeah, yeah. Possibly probably, a yes. Spencer's. Maybe yeah, yeah, Spencer's. Yeah. I mean, it does say it's fourteen plus. I, I like that. There's an age range on this. <laughs> a thirteen-year-old would not you, enjoy this. this. Is not the satire would go well over their head. Okay, <laughs> they wouldn't. They would say a thirteen-year-old would say that that guy's not a very good boss at all. <laughs> Who's What's this going doofus on? running the paper company? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Full disclosure. Oh, look at this. Uh, before we get into this, apparently there are only on the back of the box. There's a Michael or there's a Dwight. Apparently, those are the two options. Wow. Available. There's not a Jim. See, that's what I was disappointed in. I almost got. I almost spent. And this is gauche to bring up how much you'd spend on a gift. But here's the thing. I really wanted to get you one of those pop figurines. Right, like the Funko you know, Pop, the, right? The Funko Pop. Right. The Funko Pops. I wanted to get... There was a gym Funko Pop that was like $85. <laughs> no, I, and I, I would have been furious. <laughs> I would have been so mad that you spent that much money. <laughs> and I really considered it. Shrewd. I really considered it. And I was like, it, the amount... like. I was like, is there a way on Amazon gifts to sort of indicate how much you spent? Like, can you include the receipt? I was like, is there a way to include the receipt? Because the fact, the $80 of it actually would have been a part, a big part of the joke, a big part of the comedy for me. And the fact that I couldn't include it was, uh, really Amazon rough. should, that should be an option on the gift receipts. You should be able to choose the font and color of the price. I mm. think that you should really be able to indicate and present to the, uh, recipient how much money you've spent on them i think let's get away from hiding the amount let's just make yeah. people feel guilt as soon as they open the package exactly just show it off 85 dollars for what is happening i do not understand the world of funko pop they open i don't in yeah Hollywood. the economy of funko pop is um truly wild to me i don't i guess i don't i don't really get collectible culture I don't either, either at all it's i baffling. don't Shoes, i don't pins, understand uh, I own, you know what I will say? I own, um, a th like hundreds of comic books uh -huh. that I keep for, I used to think, and they, a lot, I used to like keep them in plastic covers because I thought maybe, I grew up, I was a Beanie Baby Generation oh, person sure, right. and I was lied to by my parents who said that, that someday, like basically my parents treated my Beanie Babies as though they were a college fund, <laughs> um, for so many years because they were convinced. We were told, we were of told. Course. That those Beanie Babies would be worth something someday. A nation someday. was lied to. Um, and so I, did, I had sort of the same notion with comic books, but the, I've since sort of just lugged them around with me because of aesthetic purposes. What they, kind they're of comic just like books? a fun, 
just like truly the most base base superhero comic books right. i wish i could tell you i was one somebody who was like into indie you know <laughs> sure. presses and things like that and you know the stuff that is elevated and now turned into prestige television mm-hmm. but no uh it's it's all base it's all dc marvel all right. x-men etc 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 and that's sort of why i got you the michael scott gift too because there's a big i have a big sort of chip on my shoulder about feeling like i my taste is so bad um, really? so you, you feel like I, you have bad taste i feel like i think i mean i don't know you that well but i've always kind of looked at you as somebody uh of of decent taste wow i really appreciate that because comedically i would say i worry sometimes like that some of the things that I traffic in are first thought or maybe basic. Like, cause the thing is, is I like the office and I'm a shit. Oh. And it's like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm ashamed that <laughs> this is, this is, it had a hand in shaping me and my comedic sort of sensibilities. Whereas I look to you as someone who is singular and sort of like respected and no and and like in your own lane. I would say oh, that I occupy a lane full of little trash goblins who are <laughs> tweeting about <laughs> the no same way. things that I'm tweeting about. But I, you know, I just I worry that like some of my interests are a little bit too of the world in a way that like am I bringing an interesting POV? Like I remember listening to the Langan kingsley episode of this podcast and you a a, a queen a queen among men one of the funniest look have i ever watched the office no I, I, uh, I mean, it's a whole thing where I watched the British version and then I was a kind of a snob and then I watched the pilot of the American version mm-hmm. and thought it was bad. And then when people started saying it was getting good, that's when they really started leaning heavily on the Jim and Pam stuff. And I thought that was so distasteful and annoying. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I've never watched it. But a lot of people, a lot of people I respect love The Office. OK, well, myself included. Yes. Because, you it- know, I've cried. I cried. I cried when Jim and Pam got married, and I'm ashamed <laughs> to say it. Um, it is, I guess, and, and actually, I guess, like, part of it is, too, is, like, I'm ashamed that I'm ashamed. You know, I wish right. I could just like what I just like enjoy without and... without having these little voices in my head that well, say, like, rah, 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 rah. I mean, it, I think yeah. it's impossible to just purely enjoy anything. I think the internet makes you just question everything that you enjoy. It's, it really saps a lot a the lot currency is takes the currency oh, yeah. is you have to have a take on something it's horrible and i and it is it is awful because sometimes i just want to sit back and enjoy it oh, can you, you know imagine? and no what i can't i honestly i can't remember the last time i truly just enjoyed something without having this like running commentary in my head of like okay but like what's your takeaway like what's going to be your mm-hmm. angle on the mulan movie okay <laughs> like you need to like okay people are going to be talking about mulan now and so you <laughs> need to get in there with a, a with a good mulan take and it's got to be one that's not that's like a little out of left field and it's got to be within a brand you know all of these things it's an it's it's hell it's hell oh, it's absolute torture i mean the last time i just purely enjoyed something was probably high school i what and what was it i don't know I, it was probably uh strangers with candy oh it's, I mean, yeah that's a good one it was, but even that is like cool see you were you were enjoying cool things but for I stumbled into all of this stuff i mean god bless my two older brothers they have 
not good taste. The bad, bad, <laughs> bad taste. My family was a home improvement family. I don't know how oh, any of this same. worked out for me. Oh, you really? Yeah. And you know, I'm really good friends with her son in real life. Wait, with whose son? Um, the Pat, Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> Why am uh, I calling her Patty? Patty. Yeah. Uh, her son really? is a gay internet comedian. What? Who's very funny, What's actually. His name? Joe Castle Baker. Oh, um, is his lo- name? Wait, Joe is is the mom pa- from Home yeah. son. Uh huh. He would kill me right now. But he, um, I mean, he's not ashamed. He's not. No, 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 no. He's not. He wouldn't actually. But like, it's, 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 it's no, it's knowledge. That's out there. I don't know Joe personally, but but I find him just. He's one of the funniest. If you're on, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with Joe Castlebaker, look up his Instagram or his Twitter. He is one of the funniest people who's putting uh, out front facing videos right now. The acting duets he does are some of the most insane things. (laughs) Amazing. And that I think that is another reason I'm going crazy right now is because I have not I am not someone who is good at at character work or front facing video comedy. And it is been and that is their time. Like I regret so often that I made fun of any YouTuber (laughs) ever because their skill set, they are rising to the to the top. Oh, they to the top top. right now. They're the only ones who can do anything. Yep. I my friend gifted me with a wig recently and I said, "Oh no. You know, this <laughs> the is the temptation. The temptation is too great. I don't know like and there was the, the thing is is I I run a blank. Like if I were to even try to imagine what that would look like for me, like what like POV uh, you know, nope. See, I can't even riff. I can't even riff. I can't even come up with something ridiculous did you as come a premise for a video. Was there like a thought pro uh, did you brainstorm at all? No, you know, because everything I've done, I did, you know, the closest I've come to using TikTok is I used the editing capabilities of TikTok to do, I was asked to do a roast, I guess this medical school does a uh, a roast of every person who graduates the medical school and they have comedians come and do them. Okay. And I was one of the comedians asked to roast one very specific guy uh-huh. um, and I made a little, uh, a very like quick cut video of me roasting this guy using just pictures from his Facebook. <laughs> and, and when you, when I'm given a very specific prompt, I can pull something together, right. but I really need the prompt. And right now the prompt just seems to be like, make people forget that the world is on fire mm-hmm. and I can't, it's, it's too broad. It's too broad. Even writing a tweet is difficult. You know, it really just, is. There's so much awful thing. I mean, it's just, uh, it's too much for me to handle. I just shut I, down and, emotionally. And then I find myself hating every, every, anything, as soon as it's liked by somebody too many times, I'm suddenly looking at it and I'm like, well, this is trash. I'm a fraud. This is trash now. I'm a fraud. <laughs> I wrote a tweet about LaCroix recently <laughs> that blew up and I said, Oh, I've become a person who who's writing tweets about LaCroix now. What? <laughs> Look, you know, everybody, I guess, had some opinion on LaCroix. What was your take? Well, my take was LaCroix is meant to be sipped once and then abandoned um, <laughs> because that is if you've ever cleaned up after a party oh. where there's the LaCroix around, you know that they're almost always mostly full. Oh, of um, course. It's be- I think partially because everybody is holding one and then it gets set down at some point and then they all look the same. It- Yes. And so and it, you don't want to dive back into somebody else's LaCroix. 
they have about a half an hour before they become undrinkable too. Oh, absolutely. You really have to get in there yes. and then drink them. Um, <laughs> Before it just all falls apart for the LaCroix. Yeah, but you give me a LaCroix, I'm not in a social situation, I'm drinking the whole thing. I'm Yeah. To the oh, last yeah. Time, you know, I, uh, I'm trying to stay hydrated at all times, so if, I, if I'm given a vessel with a liquid in it, I will finish the liquid. I don't care what it is. My heart has frequently almost stopped due to the amount of uh, cold brew that I'll drink. But what are you going to do? Yeah. Cold brew and LaCroix. I think those are two liquids that, you know, everyone has now done a take on. And we've got mm-hmm. to get a new liquid. We need a new beverage well, for people you, to talk about. You know the new meme now is the Generation Zs, the Zs. Right. They're all, the Zoomers. The Zoomers. They're all, um, they've now ascribed cold brew iced coffee as a millennial affect. What are they and drinking? And so they're all... I don't know what they're drinking. They're probably off caffeine because they know oh, that it's bad for them. Um, but they're all like the new Zoomer meme is like, oh, this is what a millennial looks like before they've had their iced coffee or what a millennial sounds like talking about iced coffee or something <laughs> oh, no. like that. And I'm now suddenly realizing that like they have grown senti- like they've become sentient. The generation below us has finally become sentient oh, enough boy. to like dis or, or d- deride us and it is but i will very say scary. uh in our defense i feel like the the generation z is weirdly embracing the office which i think is such a deeply uncool thing <laughs> so all of you can kiss my ass it is the most when i i was i when i wrote on the other two which stars a 13 year old we yes. brought the 13 year old into the writer's room and we were like what do what what are 13 year olds today like what are like what do you watch and what do you love and he said me and my friends cannot stop talking about the office and friends and those were the two big shows that they are obsessed with and we were like well we're doomed because you're literally coming in here talking to a, a group of of television writers and to hear that things seem to have stopped around 2010 is dire oh, horrifying absolutely horrifying Friends yeah. is another show I never really got into. I did learn really? to play the theme song for a piano recital. Um, <laughs> and then I would occasionally watch episodes and I emotionally was caught up in the Ross and Rachel of it all, but I didn't actually watch the show that much. I was a very big um, NBC must-see TV um, right. block kid. The like I grew up watching Caroline in the City and oh, Frasier right. and Friends was included in that. And here's what I'll say about Friends now as i've i have rewatched i've done like a rewatch once it came to netflix i remember because it's very it's very on in the background sort of thing and i'll say this it's interesting you didn't realize they really normalized every single character on that show if they are in the background and they're not the focal point of the show is reading a book there a lot of them are reading constantly on that show and it's such an interesting thing because you don't really see that in that if someone's reading on television these days it's a part of their character right like they're like you're you're not like and that the thing is is that does ring true of like most like a lot of people i know are not smart (laughs) but they are reading you know and one of my favorite screenshots that i grabbed of friends is rachel in the background of a scene reading a gigantic hardcover copy of the fountainhead Uh, (laughs) and to to discover to discover that that rachel is uh a libertarian um an ayn Ayn rand Rand libertarian lunatic 
is was so so gratifying to wow. me so funny because it was clearly i mean clearly that's the other thing no thought is going like there's not like joey's reading these types of books mm-hmm. and rachel's reading these like rachel's reading all you know like uh, you know romance novels or something <laughs> like that they just grabbed whatever book they could find and it happened to be the fountainhead this is like and, a home stager you know like they just pick yeah, random exactly. books to place in rooms and like who gives a shit what this actually is it's just a book it just needs to be wow Ayn Rand. exactly yeah so they found an Ayn Rand book and they gave it to Rachel which godspeed you know um, maybe she was reading it as you know a, a bit Joel I feel like playing a game okay do let's want, do it do you want to play the game gift or a curse or a game called gift master I would like to play gift or a curse I think okay first of all I just need a number between one and ten from you seven okay I have to do some calculating in the next minute or so, promote something, recommend something, diminish something. Do whatever you want with this time. You have the mic. I'll be right back. Yeah, I guess I'm going to diminish um, the Mulan movie, which I did just see. Um, and it is um, a horror. It is a horror of capitalism. I, it really is a movie that is such a, uh, a desperate cash grab by Disney, which I guess is like every Disney movie. But it's a movie that is so ruined by the lack of music. Um, it's a terrible trash movie that is for no one. It's certainly not for children. It's not for adults. I don't know who it's for. They've removed all of the interiority of Mulan's character by removing the music. It is a, a, a movie about a gorgeous woman who gets a blowout and then goes into battle. Um, and that is the, and that's what the movie is. It's two hours long and there, she never has develops a character. She never develops a personality beyond her blowout and a single tear. Um, Gong Li is in it and is amazing. I will say that. But none of the characters make any sense. Um, Gong Li is a witch for no reason. She dies for no reason. Um, and a spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen Mulan yet, if you haven't paid $30, if you haven't paid $30 to see Mulan, which is an Apple screensaver, it is an Apple TV screensaver. It is all taken place, takes place in the desert, apparently, which is not something that anybody needed to see. Don't rent Mulan. I, I'm so glad you brought it back to Mulan. I haven't seen the movie, but it seems like the most joyless thing that they could have possibly joyless. made out of it. Joyless. It is so... Uh, it's out it's, uh, it's sort of outrageous how I... You don't... The thing is, is like even the most like basic like bad movies from Disney I find watchable. Like the, the I find most of the remakes watchable, but I will say Mulan is unwatchable. Wow. In a, in a completely incompetent sort of way. Wow. Like really difficult. And I think I think that have you seen any of the live action I remakes? I haven't seen a single one of them actually. I, really- I will say the only one and this is a controversial take. The only one that improves on the original movie that it's remaking is Beauty and the Beast. And really? I'll say this not because of the singing. The singing is bad. I will say there's a lot of things that are worse about it, but I will say this they add an existential level of body horror to the servants really? where um, not only are do they have until the petals drop and then they become these objects forever and they lose their humanity, but there's also an element where they're slowly losing their sentience, too. Ooh. Like, not only is the urgency that, like, oh, if you don't fall in love, then we all stay fucking clocks and candlesticks, but we'll stay clocks and candlesticks without our human sentience as oh. well, which is actually <laughs> sort of horrific. And there's, like, 
one one character there's a married couple that's a piano and a uh a, an armoire and there's like a very tragic sort of undercurrent because they haven't seen each other since the curse began because he's a piano down in the ballroom and she's an armoire in the in the 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 room and i have to say it's really powerful and affecting wow i maybe i need to give that a shot yeah i've steered clear of all of them i feel like do you remember deviant art yeah, <laughs> I feel like Deviant Art has just taken over the world or something. Yeah. It's just like these new remakes. It's just like, what are we talking? Like, what is happening? I asso- it's I associate Deviant Art with like furry adjacent porn. Right. I guess just so. Weird, yeah, like putting our favorite characters in bad positions essentially. Yes. Uh, and I feel like that's basically what happened. And I think the thing that opened this door was that weird photo shoot or that campaign that disney did probably in the mid thousands where like they, they had celebrities dress up as their favorite disney characters do you remember this and they had was it uh some famous photographer i can't remember who it was oh it was annie it was oh, wasn't was it annie Leibovitz? yes it was which is also yeah. another what was happening moment yeah but i think that that was the thing that finally and then they let tim burton get into the alice in wonderland and away we Oof. go we're just creating garbage after garbage after garbage yeah. oh well and now here we are with the not a Dis- dour move not a disney gay i will say that i have a lot of basic interests but i won't ca- <laughs> i i i i'm f- blessedly missed that train right you know i'll enjoy an occasional well i can't remember the last time i've watched a disney anything but uh you know like a disney movie as a child but well it's all sort of disney now they own marvel they own fox they own it's bad it's It's not a good way to go i mean Mm -mm. corporations historically have had had our best interests in mind yes so maybe it's great but uh yeah, let's be. Disney has got to be stopped at some point. I, I don't know who's break them up. Do it. Break, break them up, up, please, please let them. I'm so tired of these four-hour-long movies. Anyway, let's get into gift or a curse. Okay. This is a first, actually. Uh, listeners have now been sending in gift or a curse ideas. So one of these uh, is from a listener, and it's the first one. This is, okay. So basically, and I haven't even explained the rules to you. I'm going to tell you a thing. You're going to tell me if it's a gift or a curse, and why. Okay. And there are okay. correct answers, so just be aware of that. Okay. So okay, wow. the first thing is from a listener named Catherine, and she sent in, gift or a curse, a whole-ass watermelon. A curse. An absolute curse. Why? Um, because it's an unyielding fruit, I find. Um, again, I'm not a domestic person. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really know where to begin with the watermelon, and I find watermelon, the fruit... To be the worst fruit. I find it sort of, it's mostly water, you know, <laughs> right there in the it's name. mostly water seeds. You're, you're dealing with seeds again, which is, you know, the sort of the theme of the episode. And I don't enjoy a seed. I get scared of, of eating them. I find watermelon to be a good candy flavor, a good dessert oh, flavor, but not a good fruit. And uh, the candy flavor d- doesn't taste a lick like a real watermelon. It does not watermelon tastes fruit like nothing. In any, I mean, it- no. And uh, any fruit that you can't eat, uh, I, I don't, I don't enjoy fruit that that leaves behind too much detritus. You know, like I don't right. like uh, a, so much rind, a rind lying so around much the house. rind. And what are you to do with it? You know, um, I don't have a compost, so I would say a curse. Okay, for me. Joel. I'm going to have to say you are correct. Yes. A whole ass watermelon is absolutely a curse. I mean, 
I, I mean, everything you just said, I'm fully on the same page as. The one thing I will say about a whole ass watermelon is there's the potential there for someone to carve a whale out of it, mm. which I do think is a fun thing to see. I mean, I, the last one I saw was probably 1994, but yeah. I'm, I'm picturing that in my mind right now. And that's kind of like a summer jack-o'-lantern yeah i was about to say why don't we see more hollowing out and carvings of watermelons i wonder why we're not seeing more of that it's a lost art it feels like um but you know watermelon if it even if it's available i usually it's not my pick it's no and i'm not going to make it for myself what i mean the Mm -hmm. work you have to put in for what is essentially no flavor Mm -hmm. it's wild to me that this fruit is it received any type of popularity. Um, whole ass or I, not, I think it's a curse. I had a, a water. There's a water. I saw a watermelon ceviche on oh. a on a menu recently, and I said, "I said, what is that? It's just the watermelon, watermelon with lemon juice on it, <laughs> right?" Was Come there any on. other ingredient? I'm sure there were radishes of some sort, but it was a, a vegetarian ceviche, okay. and they well, used watermelon. Yeah, it's a salad. Let's call that it's a salad. It's a salad with lemon juice, an undressed salad. Yeah, I, I mean, a ceviche, if it doesn't have fish in it, I, I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, okay. I struggle. You've got one out of one. Here's the second one. And now this is an interesting one. Gift or a curse, mountain time. The mountain, mountain time, time zone. The time zone. <sighs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say a curse because here's the thing. I forget that mountain time zone exists and there's something about mountain time zone that I, I question the validity of. And it's because it makes me think, well, why is it because you're higher up and there needs to be a sort of 3d time zone up there? I, I, I don't like it. It's so few states, uh, such a sliver of the time zone. There's something so clean about there just being East Central and Pacific time. There's something so clean about splitting it up into three different time zones and you forget that mountain time zone even exists and it, and then you do and then something terrible happens. You miss a podcast because (laughs) of all of your mountain uh, recordings. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. No. Mountain time is an absolute gift and partially for a reason you pointed out, which is it's kind of a shadow time zone. People forget about it. It's mysterious. We don't know what the rules are. And, you know, I'm coming from Utah. I'm, you know, I have to oh, I have to step okay. up and defend the time zone. Uh, I do not know what rules they're playing by with that thing. It's kind of a mix between Pacific and Central, but it mm. feels I don't think anyone even an expert could define what general mountain time is. And no, I don't think it does. Ever will. It just does feel very much like you got too high and you needed a new time zone up there. <laughs> now, wait, very quick sidebar. You're from Utah. Yes. You know that this year they're premiering a new Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I've heard about this. And now, listen, I don't know that much about Real Housewives. I, we recently started watching it and I'm, uh, I've very much enjoyed what I've seen. But this Real Housewives of Salt Lake, I will line up to watch whatever this is. It's very interesting. I will say, Bridger, you think they're all going to be Mormon. They're not. Are any one of is them? a one. There's two Mormons. Okay. One is a Pentecostal. One is a, a, a former Mormon turned Muslim. Oh, wow. Um, one is just a former uh, Mormon that left the church. Okay. And um, 
Yeah, and then there's two current Mormons. One of the Mormons um, is the heir, or no, 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 the Pentecostal one is the heir to a bunch of businesses and restaurants and churches. And in order to become, to in order to get access to the fortune, she was forced to marry her grandmother's second husband. What? And so she married her grand, her step grandfather, had a teenage son with him, and was able to inherit the money. So that's what you're sort of getting at with the Real Housewives of Salt Lake. Wait, has it started airing? No, it will not air until after the election because I do believe that, of course, the Mormons are voting for Trump, and Uh, they don't want Mormons. They don't. They sort of down. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but. Got to check it out. When it, it's a good one, dive in fresh, you know, because I, I, the, the housewives are impenetrable because there's a lot of material to oh, soak up with a lot of It's more than Lord of the Rings at this point. Yeah. The world that's been created by the, the lore. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's wild. Wait, I mean, do I stand any chance of becoming a real housewife of Salt Lake? Is what, I mean, how do no, they No, but you could people? become, you could become a selling sunset real estate agent oh, that's if you true. wanted to that's very yeah. true we started watching that as well yeah. i mean just the world of terrible Dark. people that goes on it really and on is and on. but you know what i'll say about selling sunset it is is the only show that is about the 38 year old experience um <laughs> there's not a lot of shows that star 38 year olds and that's so true and i'm glad to have it bringing some visibility to the mid 30s i think yeah mid to late 30s i suppose yeah. um wow real housewives of salt lake i didn't realize it was so close and that there were any details i'm thrilled out of my mind yeah they just released the trailer today so you're oh, not today? that far behind yeah oh uh, dune and real housewives all in oh one day <laughs> two epic franchises <laughs> um wow what an update for everyone here okay okay so you've gotten one out of two you've got a final thing here to tell me gift or a curse soup this is tough this is tough because i'm not a soup man myself but i'm playing i'm a game player you know right right and so i know this i'm glad that there's a right answer here because otherwise you know it would make it easy um I'm going to say a curse. I'm going to say a curse because um, if I wanted a drink, I would have a drink, but I want food, you know, (laughs) and soup is messy. There is no pleasant way to eat soup. Um, There's uh, with a spoon, a spoon, our worst utensil, our worst, (laughs) least versatile utensil out there. Um, And there's just the, the aural sounds this is sure. slurping just slurping and clanging i just think of clanging a, a spoon against a bowl as you try and get it the uncouthness of sort of tipping the bowl getting the last drop of soup <laughs> dripping all over your clothes i'm gonna have to say unequivocally a curse joel i think that you i think you've just made history here where i did have an answer to this there was a i was going to say soup is an absolute gift but I think you've just made such a, so many salient, a compelling points. case. Yes, yeah. That I'm gonna have to. I'm I'm changing my answer. I can't uh. believe it. I I think soup is a curse. Yeah. I mean, look, I enjoy a good soup, but how often do you have a good soup? Rarely. Very. It's also rarely. a very weather specific food. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's a thousand degrees outside, how often do you want to dive into a bowl of hot soup? Yeah. Um, or or the cold soup? A vichyssoise? Come on. I'm not eating a cold soup ever. No, 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 Forget no, no, about no. It. I mean, 
when do I choose a cold soup? I guess if it's forced on me, I'll have it. But no, uh, there's always going to be another item I'd rather have than cold yeah. soup. So and you push it. it. You push you 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 push. You, I either you push a soup in one direction and it's a drink. It's a smoothie. Right. You push the soup in the other direction and it could be a stew or a full meal. You know, and it's just uh, pick a lane. <laughs> I say to soup, pick a lane. Yeah, I I mean I I have a very hard time. Do I, Let's see. I'm trying to think of soups I really enjoy. I enjoy a pho. I enjoy a. But th- then you get into things where it's like almost a, or you'll like have a curry or you'll have you know a stew. Uh, I, soup is a curse. You yeah. you come soup out is a curse. two out of three here just by your own. I'm proud of that. Argument. I'm happy with that. I, I'm yeah. pr- I'm proud of you. Um, okay. Well, now that you've kind of done an okay job at the game, <laughs> we're going to answer a couple of. A listener uh, emails. This is called I Said No Questions. People write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. They're desperate for answers. They need okay. answers to like what they need to get people in their lives. Or I love this. Thing. Let me read the first one. It says, Dear Bridger. They didn't usually they'll say Dear Bridger and Guest or this sort of thing, but they I guess we're just kind of uh, okay. didn't see you All here. Right. Well, um, maybe I won't answer. <laughs> uh, an old from an old friend from high school wants to meet me for lunch after losing touch with each other. It's been 37 years since we've spoken and we recently found each other on Facebook. I'd like to give him a gift, but I feel a simple greeting card is not enough. Any suggestion would be appreciated. We were both marching band, band nerds. Uh, theater geeks in high school it would be great to rekindle this friendship that's from simon he's in california simon this is a deeply strange situation you found yourself in joel what's your initial feeling 37 years go by suddenly we're having lunch suddenly you're having lunch and listen i think a lunch is not an unsafe activity to have but as someone who has sort of shrunk my own social circle down considerably because of just the logistics of seeing other people mm-hmm. i find it very odd to take the time to 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 go out and do the theater <laughs> of getting tested and all of that oh, yeah. and eating on a sidewalk for <laughs> someone you haven't seen in 37 years um i'll say that but I think it's, you know, I don't know their situation, though. Maybe he's lonely. I think maybe, um, you know, it could be a nice rekindling. I can't tell if there's sexual chemistry there. Right. I mean, 37 years, there's uh, finding each other on Facebook. Actually, it could go either way. Maybe the, there are some really hot pictures they've each got on Facebook, yeah. and there is some sexual chemistry. Maybe there was some high school chemistry that they're looking to rekindle. Maybe they were dear friends. Mm. But ultimately, what do you... T- if I was meeting somebody after decades, what gift would I take them at a lunch? This I is know what I would I say. I would just buy lunch. I would mm. just say it's on me. That, yeah. to me, feels like... Because if after 37 years, you show up with a wrapped gift... Suddenly, I feel like you're coming on a little strong. Yeah. You could could scare them away. I think, though, if they're the one who reached out, I think that the ball, I think a gift could be appropriate. And I think a nice little nostalgic gift could be nice. Like, get them, um, I would get them, like, 
a copy of the play that you were in together in oh, high school. Oh, that's so sweet. Now that's that really I think would that's that's thoughtful and it's not too intense. I think that is some that's that's definitely a workable gift that won't seem crazy. That seems right. very casual and it doesn't beg a gift in return either. Yeah, you know? because it's it not like, feels like it's not too extravagant. Like match it, so it's like yeah. it doesn't feel expensive or you know it's not a uh, Michael Scott bobblehead yeah. this sort of thing. <laughs> uh, I think that's good or you know maybe you quietly sing you know uh, the song from west side story that you did onto a tape you give that to them and then it's kind of an eerie thing they can take home and be haunted you never see them again and that's a real you know let's see 37 plus you were in high school this person's around 50 i guess they get to live another 50 years with why did simon record that song uh acapella to a cassette tape and that's something you can leave that person with. And uh, I mean, a, a definite curse, because now this person has to track down a cassette player <laughs> to play your cassette tape. But, but then it's maybe a gift they that requires a lot of legwork. The work. cassette player industry, huh? and it's like world changing for all of us. Probably not going to happen. But. <laughs> well, Joel, my podcast, my rules, <laughs> my suggestions. Simon, get the uh, the play, get uh, by lunch, maybe do it all. Go on, show up to this thing so strong that uh, the old friend can't be, you know, they are forced to become a new friend. There's no telling what's going to happen. Moving on. Dear Brid- Bridger and guest, Joel, you're definitely oh, included uh, thank you. here. My niece is going to be born in a few months. She'll be my first niece, and I'm excited to meet her. Once she's old enough, I want to start some sort of birthday gift tradition with her. I'd love to hear your ideas or thoughts. And that's from Jennifer in who knows where. Jennifer is Mm. about to have a baby niece. Do you have any nieces or nephews? I do. I have a niece and a nephew and then my best friend who is like a sister to me. (laughs) Okay. Um, just literally last week had a baby girl. So congratulations. um, Yeah. 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 Do you give them gifts? Um, I do. I give them bomb ass gifts because I don't live near my real, my nephew and my niece. And so I need, they're starting to hit the age where they'll remember me because I'm getting them incredible gifts. Right. Um, and that is sort of, you You know, an important, exactly, exactly. They, they, they're not going to remember me by any other means. Of course. So, so what do you, I got to start sending, um, a lot of Legos. And I think that is a really fun gift. And I think Legos have crossed over into unisex territory. Oh, yeah. They're a, for, they I feel think, very progressive to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, a new Lego set, starting with the age-appropriate ones for babies and moving on up, starting a love. Because that's what we need, is we need more women in architecture. Oh, please. Okay? Let's get More women in building. STEM, more women in architecture, more women in building. Yes. Okay? So, I think a nice little Lego set every year is a great foundation for that right every year it'll become a little bit more complex this Mm -hmm. niece is going to be building things building things building things suddenly they're 26 they're constructing a building in dubai well actually that's not hope dubai yeah maybe somewhere with a little more of a moral center uh but i think that's not a bad idea because they've got them for all ages as far as i know Mm -hmm. this is coming from someone who doesn't know but that's fine um Get some Legos for the niece. I think they I'm- got the big ones that you can't swallow now for right. babies, and then slowly you get, you slowly you build her into the smaller and smaller ones, and that's what I say. Yeah, and then uh, maybe uh, at some point that becomes a college fund 
taking her to architecture school. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that, I mean, I don't even have anything else to say. I've got two nieces. I just, you know, get online and send them things that I think are fun or, you know, books. I think books are always a valuable thing. Yeah, to books send, are good, but uh, kid. Uh, but uh, I think that that's terrific. Joel just came right out of the gate with a thoughtful, useful gift that will lead this child towards a career, whether they like it or not. People really shit on me for saying this, but my love language is gifts. Oh, is the, it really? and uh, people are always like, "Who's who says their love language is gifts?" But I'm an excellent gift giver. I really love to to give gifts. Who and like, be who thoughtful are you giving about. gifts? Like, do you give your parents does, gifts, siblings? Um, sometimes. I mean, I'll get I get people gifts at all the normal occasions, birthdays and Christmas, etc. Right. But I really do. I am a big fan of if I'm out and I see something that I know would be meaningful. And I and to the person that I'm buying a, like to a certain friend, I will buy a gift out of the blue for that person. Oh, that's wonderful! Because I think, um, you know, you never know when you're going to see a top with someone like a vintage T-shirt with someone's favorite, you know, with a, a vintage Taylor Dane for the person <laughs> in your life who loves Taylor Dane. You know, it's just like things like that. Like you really, I do think is a special way getting gifts is not my love language giving is though so for you, sure are you uncomfortable with getting gifts um i just i am at a point in my life where i have everything i need right and i don't like i i live a very minimal life and mm-hmm. i don't like having a lot of things in fact i felt a little guilt i the thought of your podcast really stresses me out because you must have <laughs> accumulated so much shit oh over the course moving, of this podcast you know i was like oh this was i the one thing I can tell people who are planning to move in the future is not to start a podcast where you get gifts because you yeah. will be moving a lot of objects that you had never planned on owning before and yeah. finding a new place for them to live. So, And I don't like throwing things out like no. that. It just it feels so nasty. And so, yeah, I just I would prefer not. I Most feel like I'm going to at some point I'm going to have to have some sort of charity yard sale or something. I uh because it's be- it's becoming a mountain of items that are God bless everyone who's giving them to me. Uh so I've just given you a Michael Scott bomb. <laughs> I mean this one aside which will be the first thing a visitor sees in my home, you know, I'll pose with it in photos. It's going to it's more of a member of my family. Everything else I'm just going to burn. Yeah, this Michael Scott, Michael Scott, Michael Spot. Interesting. That's another person. Michael Scott bobblehead is an absolute cherished. It's an instant heirloom. Let's just call it an instant heirloom. Um, Joel, uh, did we just? Oh, yeah, we answered that question. The podcast is over. I mean, wow! It's been such a wonderful time having you. Easy breezy. Sorry that it was just a kind of a bumpy road to get here, but you know, worth every moment though. Worth every moment to finally make it happen. Worth everything, and it's just a thrill to see you over a camera. Hopefully, at some point in the next one month (sighs) to fifty years, I'll be able to see you in person. Yeah, thank you for. doing the low range too because i don't have time for these people who are like you know it's gonna last three years oh, I, can't. I don't have time well, what for does that, that do for anyone I, no I, okay? I don't need you to tell me that i mean even if it's true i don't i know i don't need Mm-mm. someone saying that it's hopeless because no i'm all i'm getting one of the shitty vaccines i'm getting one of the shitty ones that comes out Blow in november 
I'll take it. I'll drink it. I have I have signed up for every single vaccine trial you that have? I can find access to. I'll do it. And I'll ha- take one for the team. Have you been uh, denied, or is it just like a waiting game? I think it's a waiting game. I think they've probably they're probably full up on young people. I think oh, they really okay. need like older people to to take the risk. And right. um, that's yeah. A, yeah, more of a roll of the dice. But uh, well, I'm glad that you're out there trying to get this vaccine. Yeah. I'll get it by any means necessary. Please. I'm going to get that vaccine. Anything that leads me to recording a podcast in a studio. <laughs> yes. The first podcast That's I record in the studio will just be me weeping for a full yeah. hour, just sobbing. And then we'll turn it off. And then we can record the next episode because Perfect. I am, I'm ready to not be in my home doing work. Anything. Anything. Well, bless you. All my love. Thank you for being on the podcast and everybody Thank out you there for having me. listening. Uh, move on with your life. Do your thing. Go enjoy something or go to bed or go to work or, you know, this is, it's difficult to end a podcast and I always have a hard time, but I'm now going to just say one more word. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts isn't exactly a right production. It's engineered by Earth Angel Stephen Ray Morris. The theme song is by Miracle Worker Amy Mann. Uh, you can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at I Said No Gifts. And if you have a question or need help getting a gift for someone in your life, email me at I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're at it? Well, I invited you here Thought I made myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home You gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts, your presence is presence enough And I already had too much stuff So how do you dare to survive?